0: You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wonderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Hey, friend. Are you feeling tired when it comes to creativity? Are you feeling stuck and in a weird place? Like you're not really making anything new. You're not making any progress. Or maybe you feel like you just can't make anything and you need something to jumpstart your creative mojo again. Um, Maybe you're just bored, you know, everything you're making is bland and just not what you want it to be, but you don't really know what you want it to be. I totally get it. I have been going through some of the same things where I feel like I just make the same thing over and over again. And I don't really know if I'm growing or experimenting or what I should be doing different or what I should do next. And I am just so excited and looking forward to the Radiant Art Retreat coming up in October. Where we are going to spend the whole week just focusing on our creativity, but not in like a pushy, you have to do this, you have to, you know, make something amazing today kind of way. But in just a slow, quiet, focused, calm, inviting kind of way, we're going to start our mornings with yoga where we're going to breathe and connect with our bodies and open ourselves up to creativity. We're going to do some different mindfulness exercises where we're going to just picture what our creativity looks like and how we can invite that into our space, into who we are and into our whole life and let that kind of guide us as we go through our days so that we're able to find those bits of inspiration and find those things that make our artist brain just light up and make us want to get into our paints and our crayons and our pencils and our scrap collage pile, whatever it is that you love to create with. And then we're going to have workshops where we're going to practice the literal art of seeing. We're going to take photo walks where we're just going to walk around and see what is beautiful, what lines and shapes and patterns and textures inspire us and catch our attention And then we're going to come back and we're going to figure out how to turn those into art together. We're going to have weaving workshops and painting workshops. Uh, we're going to paint on location down at the lake. We're just going to sit there and let the water and the breeze and the beautiful trees, uh, just take us over. And then we're going to learn how to paint what we see. Um, we're going to learn how to paint the things that inspire us from the world into abstract paintings, um, we're going to do so many amazing things that are really going to help you meet your creativity and invite it into your everyday life. And hopefully it's going to be a really great jumpstart for me and for you and for everyone coming so that we're able to really connect with that creative center in who we are and find some new creative direction and get some more experimenting going. That's why the creative classes are so varied at this retreat, because I want us to push ourselves to try a lot of different things. The more things we learn, the more our brain lights up and gets excited and gets us new ideas going. And you never know if you're going to find something new that you really, really are obsessed with, and it's going to take your art in a whole nother direction. Or maybe it's going to influence the one piece of art, the one art method or technique that you really love, but give you a whole new view on it and how you can translate the different types of art forms into your mode of creativity. There is going to be something for everyone at this retreat and I am just getting so excited for it. I've booked my tickets and I am putting together the swag bags and I've approved the menu. Our chef, Annie, she's um, from from Florida. She's really local and close to us. She's from East Past Catering, and she is, oh my goodness, you guys, the menu looks amazing. She's gonna cook all local food, all in season, so there's gonna be lots of fresh apple crisp. And one night, she's gonna make pumpkin chili with jalapeno cornbread, and I have been laying awake at night thinking about that cornbread. It is going to be so good. Um there's going to be so many options for everyone. Um so if you love food and that is a big part of your creativity cuz it definitely has a part of mine. This is this is the place for you to be. We're going to have so much fun at this retreat, you guys. I would love it if you joined me. We're about 50% full at this point, so I've got a few spots left and I would Love it, love, love, love it if you were able to come and just have a week of creating and fun and walks by the lake and eating delicious food and making art and laughing and playing games and just having so much fun with us and with your creativity. If you want to join us, all you have to do is go to lauren-likes.com slash retreats and you'll find it. But of course, everything is going to be in the show notes and on my website, lauren-likes.com. So I hope I'm going to see you there. And please let me know if you have questions. And there's any way that I can help you set up and arrange your trip, I am here for you and here to help you do that. So let's get on to today's show. And let's kick our creativity into gear today. Welcome back to another episode of How She Creates. Today's episode is a really, really important and good one. Today, I am going to to be interviewing Tiffany Hahn, who is one of my personal mentors, heroes. She has been such a champion and advocate for me and has been a part of my business and life for at least five or six years now. Um, And she's been helping me do some really big work in my personal life and in my business. Um, And so I wanted to bring her onto the podcast today to talk about some of that because one thing she is really, really incredible about is being really honest and raising your hand and saying yes. That is her whole thing that she talks about and she works with people on is to be who they are and be really honest and free in their work and their lives. And that is something that I have been working on a lot this Um, past year. And I know that I'm not the only person that struggles with that. So I'm really, really excited and honored to be able to interview her and get um, her wisdom in your ears today. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk yeah it's gonna be a fun one if you guys don't know who tiffany is already i post about her pretty frequently if you are following me but she has an incredible podcast called raise your hand say yes and she does really cool stuff so you should definitely be listening to her podcast also um tiffany give us like the quick quick bio about who you are if people don't know you so yeah, I uh, have a podcast called Raise Your Hand,
1: Say Yes. I've been podcasting since 2014 and I am a coach and life mentor for creative, ambitious women who really want to learn how to move forward on the lives that they want and on the work that they want to do without having to live in a place of burnout. Um, I really believe that it's possible to do all the things that we want to do with our lives and also take really good care of ourselves. And not only do I believe that, but I believe that the taking really good care of ourselves is absolutely necessary to build that foundation. And so that's what I help women do. And I love it.
0: And you're incredible at it, as I can personally attest to. Thank you. <laughs> well, you make my job easy. So thank you for that. Oh, well, okay. So Tiffany, I love working with you and I'm excited to have you on here because I feel like you straddle both realms really well of being a creative person, but also being a helper. Um, I feel like that's like a good word for you, Mm -hmm. um, of what, of what you do with, with your coaching and your teaching. Um, because it's not, I wouldn't say you're a business strategist. You're fantastic at business strategy. Um, but I think you're so much more than that. Cause like you said, you like to talk about values and our why, Mm -hmm. um, over, over the strategy um, because that's, that's more important. That's what drives us and keeps us going. Um, So I just think you're like, like I said, the perfect kind of blend of, of these two worlds. So can you share your creative story, how you got where you are today with us? Yes.
1: And I'll try to give you the cliff notes version because we could spend a whole hour going on this story because it's a really meandering story. And I, there, there's spots on my website where I go into the story in a lot of detail if y'all want to check it out. Um, but I like to point out from the beginning that it's meandering because I think that when we hear people tell their story, it seems like, oh, I got an idea and I worked really hard and then I quit my day job and then I made six figures and now I'm here and I'm really happy. Um, and that is not the story that I live in. And honestly, y'all, that's not the story that anybody lives. That's not the story that I've seen anybody live. So I the reason I point that out is that when we are in our stories, right, when we're showing up to our lives every single day, living them, and things are up and down, and we do hit challenges and road bumps and roadblocks, and we um, we sit from where we are and we're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to where I want to go. I think it's really helpful to remember that we've all been there and we've all been on the meandering path. Um, you know, my story started honestly like before college when I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I wanted to be of service in some way, but I wasn't sure what that did and what that was, what it looked like. I had a lot of false starts. I tried a lot of things. I cast a lot of nets, um, engineering and real estate and nonprofit work. And I thought about, going to graduate school in psychology and social work and uh, public policy, and it all kind of culminated. It was 2007. I was working for a nonprofit. I had a really great job on paper. I was getting promoted. Everything looked really well, really good. I was starting to apply for MBA programs um, because I I had decided that an MBA was the quote unquote right answer for me and I, it all kind of came to a head one day when I had to leave my desk, my cubicle, um, walk outside, lay down in my car because I was having this like severe arm pain and I thought maybe I was having a heart attack and I was 27 years old, um, which that to me was a big wake up call of like, this is not the life that I want. This is not the life that I want to live. And so that... That The meandering that got me there then kicked me off onto more meandering that led me to quitting that day job, traveling, um, working at a paper store, um, starting an Etsy shop, starting coaching, opening an art studio, closing an art studio, going back to the nonprofit. Um going full-time in my own business. I went full-time in 2013. In 2014, I had twins, which was a whole other meandering thing because that threw a wrench into a lot of my perfectly laid out plans. But um, yeah, I'm still still going. I don't know how much of a story that tells, but
0: (laughs) it's all over the place. No, that's the exact story that we like around here is Is hearing that there's no straight path. Because yeah, I think that's all of us, right? Yeah, exactly. Like we all just like pick out things we're interested in, try this for now and then come back to it later and just see what happens. And um, yeah, I think that's the beauty of living a creative lifestyle. And that's what it means to be a creative so, give us a quick overview of kind of what your day looks like. What are you doing for your work and creativity now? Oh,
1: gosh. Um, every day is different. And I'm really working right now. One of my big goals is working on creating some routine, like some rituals within my day, so that even though every day is different, I have a little bit of consistency. Um, right now, I am just. St- in the, just starting a new class. And so I'm doing a lot of one-on-one sessions with all the students, which means that this month I have 40 extra coaching calls that I'm doing, which is a lot. Um, (laughs) so part of my, part of my goal right now is just to like, sort of take care of my body and my brain as best I can. Right. Like boring stuff, like floss my teeth and wash my face at night before I go to bed and make sure that I eat breakfast. Um, But I do, you know, my, my big goals in my business are to have really interesting conversations. So thank you, Lauren, for allowing that to happen this morning. Um, Read a lot of books and write a lot of books. So everything that I'm trying to do in my day to day, and I'm really, really trying to align myself with those three goals, because that's where
0: five years from now, I really want to be. Can you tell us any specific rituals that you do to kind of get you going each day? Yes. Oh, yeah, I would love to.
1: And I'm still kind of working out the kinks of this. And honestly, I've been working out the kinks of this for years. Um, I My big one that I do right now is before I get out of bed in the morning, I do an 11-minute meditation. Um, it is not like a super routine ritualized meditation, but I sit quietly with my eyes closed, uh, try to focus on my breathing for 11 minutes. And honestly, that has made a tremendous difference in my day. Um, a few other things that I do <laughs> every day, this might sound silly, but I find it really grounding. Every day I write down how much money I made the day before. Mm. Um. Because I I have a lot of anxiety around running my own business and um, making sure that I'm earning enough and being able to pay my my team and support my family. Um, right now, my husband is... Our girls start kindergarten in the fall. So right now, my husband is home with the girls. So I'm the primary breadwinner, um, which is awesome and empowering, but also can create a lot of sleepless nights if if I'm telling myself the story that things aren't going well. So I tr- I write down how much money I made the day before. I have a little spot in my calendar where I write it down. Um, and the other things that I do, like these are these are small, but I floss my teeth in the morning um, because I'm t- always too tired at night. But I find that that flossing is really grounding, and. Um, I make sure that I get myself dressed. So I really try not to start working in my pajamas. Um, ideally, my morning routine would also involve journaling and drawing a tarot card and, you know, communing with my crystals and reading some sort of uh, inspirational or spiritual passage from a book, book. But, but you know, I could do that, but I wouldn't then be able to really start my day until like 11 a.m. So working working with the baby steps here.
0: I think I want to start asking everyone what their morning routine is because I there's a whole episode that that's already aired out about morning routines because I read this book and it was like, you should get up at 5 a.m. and you should go work out and then you should meditate and then you should eat this like fancy breakfast and then you should do all of these things. And it was all these interviews with these like really like powerful people who had these really crazy intense morning routines. And I'm like, I don't know anybody who does that and I don't even want to do that. Yeah. I
1: mean, it that's where I think we have to be be really careful because, you know, with any formula that someone is telling you is the pathway to success, whether it's a morning routine or an autoresponder series for your email or the way that you write a sales page. And I think that we've all fallen prey to getting those formulas and and thinking like this is gonna be the thing that saves me. Um and what I found often is that sometimes I, I like to look at formulas kind of as, as best practices as like, oh, how can I – and I do the same with recipes. Like I'll read a recipe and then in my brain I'm like, okay, well, here's how I'm going to change this to make it work for me. Um, but I I think that a lot of times trying to live those formulas as gospel just becomes more work. We get more into our burnout and then we feel guilt and shame because we can't do it and the people who are selling the formula say like this is the answer and it's really easy i promise it's my easy five-step process and um you know then we feel even worse and then we're more even more likely to kind of seek out that external formula you know, I think it's really, really easy for us to fall prey to the, oh, it's just a five step easy process. and we think because we're being sold that it's easy, we think it should be easy. And when it's not, because integrating anything into your life is challenging because making change is hard. Um when it's not, we judge ourselves, which only gets us deeper into that cycle, um which only makes us more likely to then reach out and try to grasp another formula. And I'm really on a mission to try to, change, change the way we're all even showing up because I
0: don't, I I know that that's not really getting any of us where we want to go. Exactly. When you said, um, I look at a recipe and I immediately, immediately think here's what I'm going to change to make it work for me. I feel like we could just end the podcast there. I, I you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, is, you know, we're all such rule followers and, you know, we don't, feel like we can change things to break out of the mold. And I feel like that's the perfect example of living a creative life is the looking at something going, okay, how can I change that to work better for me?
1: That is- yeah. And giving ourselves permission. You know, my husband is really funny because whenever I make, whenever I cook, I cook a lot and, you know, we'll eat it and he'll be like, oh, this is, you know, if something, especially if it doesn't work out the way that The way that we think it should, he's like, Did you follow the recipe? And I'm like, Yeah. And then I'm like, Well, accept that. And then I'll go through the list. So he's always trying to encourage me. And he's, he is the kind of cook who, like, if it says quarter inch dice in the recipe, like, he pulls out a ruler because he will just, he reads recipes like formulas. And, um, So it takes him a really long time to cook anything from a recipe, but he's, he's always like, why don't you try to follow the recipe the first time and then you can adapt it? And so I try to do that now, but I just, I cannot 100%. My brain just won't let me because I'm like, I know there's a better way.
0: Yes. Let's talk about the better way. So one thing that creative people struggle with, I know this is something that I am struggling with is being honest and free in our work and in our lives. So how have you experienced fear in that, and how do you deal with it? Oh, God. You know, here's here's
1: the thing that I think we all need to remember about fear is that fear shows up and surprises us, and it really shouldn't because fear is part of being a human, right? And And if you think about from an evolutionary perspective, back when we all lived in caves – fear, this kind of innate sense of fear was incredibly helpful to us in our lives because it helped us run from mountain lions or whatever was waiting outside of that cave, woolly mammoth. Um, and and so our brains, and this is where I think it's really, really useful to remember that like, we are mammals in a body having this experience on this earth um, because it it may, like, would you be my dog? I have a very sweet kind of skittish dog. And sometimes she's afraid of things that are ridiculous, like a plastic bag that, that kind of drifts to the ground three feet away from her. Um, and sometimes I'm like, Maggie, okay, come on. But also I I can't really get mad at her for having that fear response because that's just her body's natural response. Um, So I think that we – I think that's really important to remember is that like our brains process fear, create fear in order to keep us safe. And I think that part of what's happened is these days um, in the world that we live in, there aren't mountain lions waiting outside our door unless that's your life, which would be a really interesting story. Um, And so our brains are still creating fear, but we have to be able to discern between is that really scary – Or is that just like an automatic fear response happening in my brain that I don't have to listen to?
0: I think that the fear always comes when... You know, today with our creativity and our creative work, it's it's from that idea of being seen. You know, it's gone from the mountain lion, and now it's it's the being seen by whoever's whoever is out there. You know, we share things online, people get really mad about it, or they don't like it, or we're afraid of critique, or even our family's critique, Um, and so we we hold things back. You know, and and I I know that you know someone who lives really honestly and really out loud, and you you are so like encouraged by them and you're like fascinated by them and you're just really enamored with them and how honestly they live their lives and and what they create, their artwork or whatever it is their work is, Um, their message that they're sharing is so clear. Um, You know, and so I feel like social media has become that mountain lion for us now that we're afraid to share things because of the judgment we're going to get online. Um, What do you think about that? How do you deal with because you share really honest things online. Yeah. You know, I think that, <clears throat> I mean, for me,
1: <laughs> I am not good at holding back. That's not my strong suit. And so for me, it's just easiest to like be who I am in all aspects of my life. And and one of the things I love is when people meet me in person and they say, you're just like I imagined you'd be. And I'm like, good, because that means I'm showing up as my authentic self. Um, I, I think that it's, you know, we're all told to like, be vulnerable. And I think sometimes people are like, how do, how should I be vulnerable? And we think that means like taking our shirt off on the internet and letting people see our naked selves, either literally or metaphorically. Um, I think that what it is for me, the way it plays out more often than not is I try to really have a willingness to share things in my life, in the moments that they're happening. Um, so, you know, I have a friend who said to me recently, she was like, my favorite is when you get on Instagram stories, when you're tired, because that's when the truth really comes out. And I think that what it is, is when I'm tired. That's when I'm like. I can't, I can't write compelling social media content right now. I just need to like lay it out. And I think that's what we're all actually looking for. Um, I also want to point out too, that like, I'm kind of afraid all the time. Like I'm, I live in a place of uncertainty with everything I do. And my life motto, if you listen to my podcast, Lauren, you know, this is like that I trust that I'll be able to figure things out. Um, and that has gotten me really everywhere because that way I don't wait for the fear to go away before I start because it, it won't. And in fact, my fear response gets louder.
0: The more I've, veer away from my comfort zone. Mm, that yes, you Marie Forleo, she talks about that that all the time is that everything is figure outable. Um mm-hmm. I I love that 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 idea and it does. It creates a nice like safe net for us that we can we can figure this out. We can we can do this even even if something negative happens. Um you know, and I always love Elizabeth Gilbert her talk about fear and how, you know, Fear is always going to be with us, but we just have to tell it to sit in the back seat and it's not allowed to talk, but it can come, you know? Yeah.
1: And, and not, you know, a lot of times people are like, I'm going to fight my fear and they get really fierce. And, you know, what, what I hear in that and what I've seen in myself is that in trying to fight our fear, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Mm -hmm. it only makes it bigger, right? Because then you're giving that energy to the fear. And so I like to think of it more as, yeah, kind of the Elizabeth Gilbert thing where it's like a peaceful coexistence. Like, okay, I see you. I'm going to give you a different job. I'm going to do, and and often too, I think it's really important to remember that the scary things we want to do often are like moments, right? They're not... They're not necessarily these like I'm going to be living in my fear for weeks on end. It might be dancing around, but often it's the moment of hitting send on something, or the moment of showing up for something, or the moment where you make that ask. Um, and so you you get to decide not to let that fear be in charge.
0: So what does that look like if we get really honest and free, and we overcome our fear, and we we put our truth out there, what does that look like for us? And what, can you give me an example of a time that you've done that and how, how it affected you? Yeah. I mean, what I think is that it starts to look like freedom
1: and it starts to look like peace. And Brene Brown, who does a lot of work around vulnerability says that the, the thing that we're most afraid to share is the thing that other people are, wanting from us, right? And, and you can, you know it if you've been to a party and everyone's talking about the weather and then you have the one person who makes eye contact with you and is like, I'm having a really terrible day and I just need to tell someone about it. And you're like, yeah, let's go. Where do we need to go sit? Look, I'm here. Right. And all of a sudden the depth of that connection is so much stronger. And that's actually, as humans, like that's what we're all looking for. Um, you know, for me, I think a couple really good examples is I do like Instagram challenges where I'll do a daily challenge for a year and I've done two of these. And what happens when I do those, that's how I developed my post-it uh, thing, which now I think is like a my signature Instagram style, which is funny. Um, yeah. So I'll do Instagram challenges. And the thing about doing a daily challenge is that you can't be too precious with it and you don't have time to overthink. So I really like to <clears throat> give myself really small time crunches in order to create what I need to create because then you're just in it and you're not able to overthink it. So any anytime that you can sort of move out of your thinking brain
0: is really, really useful for that. Yes. That is a great one. Yes. the These, like the hundred day project, such a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah. Any, like you we're so good at being precious. And I think too, for creatives and artists and people who, who kind of create something where there was nothing before, which is a brilliant and bold undertaking that we have this sense of like, it's from my soul. So it has to be this beautiful, perfect representation of xyz and if one person doesn't like it it's gonna shatter me and if that's how we're approaching our work and
0: our lives we're never gonna leave the house okay so what do you say to these excuses of i'm scared i'm not good enough i'm not ready nobody cares i can't i don't have time i don't have enough followers what what do you say to these these things yeah i say so what like i really
1: it's it's uh, are you willing to show up anyway? And, um, you know, there's this thing called the imposter complex and the imposter complex is a psychological phenomenon that has been studied and researched and um, studies show that 70% of people in the world uh, in- encounter it. Um, and I would say that probably a hundred percent of people listening to this conversation have encountered it. And the imposter complex is what says, you don't know enough, you're a fraud, it's only a matter of time before they find you out, you're not ready, you shouldn't even try, and um, the imposter complex is designed to keep us isolated, to keep us doubting ourselves, and to keep us out of action. So that's a real thing, but the thing about the imposter complex is that it kicks in when you are working towards something that is big and important and in alignment with your values. So in a way, hearing those voices, I know now, and I've been doing this work for a long time, I know now that when those voices show up, they're actually like a light beacon shining my path, you know, like pointing out my path. And I'm like, that's a really good sign that I'm experiencing that because it means that I'm on the right path.
0: Yes. So, so how can we know? You know, what, cause, cause we, you know, I'm going, I've been going through a season of this of where I knew that there was something I was supposed to be doing, but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't quite sure of what it was. Um, and I was trying to figure it out. Um, how, how can we know what that thing is that we're supposed to do or share or be or say? You can't. And are you willing to be okay with that and
1: try something anyway? I have a class that I made called do it anyway, which is all about that which is like you can't know. We don't there's there's zero certainty in this world. We we know nothing really. We're all John Snow. Um I and I like to think about instead of how do I know what the capital T thing is, instead I like to bring it back to like <clears throat> super micro levels or you say what do you know right now in this moment? And that's where I think learning how to cultivate a relationship with yourself where you actually listen to yourself and you create space, that's the key. Because if you follow that, well, what do I know right now? What do I want to do right now? What do I need right now? Right now in this moment the most, if you string those together,
0: that's going to create a really beautiful life. It is so hard to sit in The silence and the not knowing and to stand up and say, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then you do it and you try it and you don't like it and it's terrible. And so you have to stand up and say, now this is what I'm going to do this time instead. Um, That is so hard. But you're right. I mean, that's what I've been having to do all year long is kind of get quiet and then be like, I'm going to try this. Just kidding. I'm going to try this. Um, But you're right. There's no specific way formula to figure it out and it is hard but like
1: you know what's harder is is living a life that you know you're not meant to live Mm
0: -hmm.
1: waking up every morning feeling exhausted as soon as you get out of bed and being resentful to the people in your life the people that you've invited into your life being resentful to the things that you're spending your time on because you know that it's not what you want and so what hard do you want to pick pick your hard do you want to pick and i'm I'm not trying to bad cop you, Lauren, but I think this is important, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's hard to sit still in meditation for 10 minutes. It is hard. But I think that too, we we have gotten so far away from ourselves that we become desensitized to – we become desensitized and numb to the lives that we're living and, and we don't even know what we want anymore.
0: Yeah. I – know, I – fully agree with that. And it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I, yeah, I think that you're right. Like it shows up almost in the opposite for us of the negative of when you realize that you're miserable, that you're having anxiety attacks and you're tired all the time. Maybe that's, that's a sign. That's part of our knowing. And I, I hate that it has to get there sometimes. Um, but I also liked, um, your example of saying, you know, when I do start to get that little bit of fear. I know that that's what I need to lean lean into more. Um, And if we follow those little knowings, we can kind of avoid some of those anxiety and misery.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also really important to recognize that the world in which most of us operate is designed to keep us numb. So, you know, when you feel that anxiety, do you sit quietly or take a walk or take a shower or do you start to scroll social media? Um, you know, social media makes us more anxious and it makes us more lonely. So we get into these cycles where the thing that we're doing to avoid and escape our anxiety and our loneliness only adds on to it. And then we want to go to that more to escape. And then and the next thing you know, you're like, What am I doing? You don't even it's so hard to get out. So I think that it's really, really important to Um, I've got Game of Thrones in my head where Daenerys is like, I want to break the wheel. And I think about that a lot of like, we have to really, really break the
0: cycle in order to move beyond it. So everyone listening right now is saying, yes, but, um, you know, our art is so personal. What if I really, you know, make this art or I stand up and say this thing or I apply for this job or quit my job or whatever, but I actually fail? You know, I share it and it goes wrong. What what do we do? Then what? So
1: I think a few things. I think one, there the only way to guarantee failure is to quit. So what happens, right? I I have a podcast episode called The Self-Fulfilling Prophecy of Fear, where what I have seen over and over again is we are afraid of failure. Therefore, we don't ever get into action. Therefore, nothing that we have inside of us ever sees the light of day. And therefore, the thing that we're most afraid of, which is people won't be able to receive our work, is actually coming true because of us. Um, so that's number one. Is just be aware of that. Number two, I like to think about: Can you tiptoe in to the life that you want? Right? We think that we need to like all of a sudden. I I want to go from having an idea for a painting to trying to exhibit at the Met. Um, and if I were to try to do that, I would fail because I am not a Met museum caliber artist. So if I were to if I were to aim for that goal right out of the gate, I would fail. I would guarantee failure because it's too big. So instead, how could I get curious and how could I see what's available and really kind of baby step my way through the process. The other thing that I think is really important to remember is that we're not going to be as good as we want when we're just getting started. Because it takes time to develop that skill. So are you willing to make 100 bad paintings? Are you willing to make 100 bad Instagram posts? Are you willing to be misunderstood? Are you willing to stand up on that soapbox and say what's in your heart and what matters, even if there's nobody listening? Because that's gonna be the thing that helps you find that resonance and helps you find what's really in alignment that eventually draws the people to you.
0: Exactly what you just said about getting curious and tiptoeing in and just starting and just seeing where it goes and being okay with the failure and or or it not being exactly what you think it's going to be at first because it never is. Um and that's that's like the whole thing that I want people to take away from this podcast is to be curious and to explore. Whatever that is for you, whatever your art is, whatever your passion is, whatever you're curious about um And it, yeah, it doesn't have to be this giant career, life-changing move. It can just be something you want to dabble in. Um, And that's, and I, I just think that's where our most joyful and honest art and life and movements come from is people just being curious and getting involved and trying something. And then big things come out of that 10 years down the road.
1: Yeah. You know, I, and I think too, like, I recognize now I've been doing it long enough. So after a while, you build up resilience and you start to learn that like – I always say in in doing scary things, there are two breaths that are most important. The first one is the one that you take right before you do the thing that gets you back into your body, that gets you out of your head, that helps ground and center you. The second most important breath is the one that you take right after you do the thing that lets you know that you've survived. Because if you're breathing, you're surviving. You're alive. Um, But – what I know now, after many years of doing this work, is that nothing works out the way you think it will. Absolutely nothing. And so trying to dictate from the get-go what the outcome is going to be is only a recipe for for disappointment um, and resentment, and that never leaves you to, leads you to a good place. So where I really try to live is like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen now. And I try really hard. It's hard. It's not easy, but I try really hard to keep as open a mind as possible. And the prayer that I say a lot or my meditation that I
0: say a lot is I'm willing to be surprised. Oh, that is the most perfect art mantra I've ever heard. I love it. Because then it's like it's it's a little bit exciting to see
1: what's going to happen and to know that it's not going to be anything you could have predicted.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm going to like tattoo that on my face. I'm a big fan of face tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're good. Uh so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you?
1: Oh gosh. Um you know, that's a good question and I think for me it doesn't look all that creative most of the time. Like most of the time I'm just going through my emotions. I I make dinner, I put my kids to bed, you know, I try to watch an interesting show a few nights a week, I try to read. I think for me, what it looks like really is, is. Being willing to solve problems if and when they come up. So I think creativity really at its core is just problem solving. And the problem some of us are solving is there's not enough beauty in this world. Um, And we might solve that problem by creating art, but I promise we're also solving that problem by how we exist in our lives and how we interact with other people. Um, So I really try to take kind of a beautiful divine human stance with it. Um, Not to get too out there, but like how can I find connection in everything that I do, whether I'm writing a book proposal or putting something on
0: Instagram or just shopping at the grocery store? That is exactly it. And, you know, I I think that your work is some of the most creative work that I have ever seen, just for how you look at things so differently and the way that you process all of this different information. Like you said, you read so much and the way you bring it all in and, you know, repackage it and mesh it all together and then spit it back out at us in in such a um, motivating and applicable and inspiring way is um, so creative. Yeah. I think it's a, another perfect example of people living a creative life without owning the title of being an artist. And so I hope that people listen to this and, and are getting excited to be able to, you know, get honest and, and try new things. And even if they're not creativity related, that they know that that is part of, of living a creative life. Mm Mm-hmm. That was something I realized a few years ago back maybe in like
1: 2011 was I was making a lot of art. I had an Etsy shop. I thought I wanted to like be an artist the way that I had seen a lot of people that I admired online be artists. And I took a workshop. I had an art studio at the time. I took a workshop with Jennifer Lee who – who did the right brain business plan. And, um, we had to make these kind of vision board business plans for ourselves. And I was sitting next to my good friend, maybe McDonough, who's a, who is a visual artist. And all of her, all of her vision boards were like, it was all these colors and this really lush imagery. And Lauren, all of mine were words, everything that I cut out were words, everything. And I was like, Oh, maybe my art is my words like maybe my words are my art? Maybe that is enough, and I can let I can give myself permission to have that be enough. And that's when I feel like things really opened up for me.
0: Yes, yes. I I am all for the words. So what is your favorite resource for creativity?
1: Oh gosh. Um I my favorite resource for creativity is I really, really like the timed challenges. So mm. I will often sit down with myself and be like, okay, 20 minutes, can you write 750 words? Um, and I do, uh, I've taken a class called Wild Writing for many years with Lori Wagner, who's an amazing writing teacher. And her whole thing is like, write and just write and just write. Don't let your pen quit moving. And when you're in that zone, you can't overthink it. And it really, really beautiful things come come through from that that's one of my favorite things to do
0: I am a huge fan of the timed challenges like that even like the 100 day project any kind of parameters very tight parameters I I thrive in I love I love that that was your answer that's a new answer I haven't gotten that one yet what's your favorite Mm, going outside Mm, mm -hmm. yep yep I just, you know, yesterday, yesterday, maybe the day before, we were driving home from, we had been, we went to Oman, which is like a two hour drive from here to go on a boat cruise with our in-laws and um, we're coming home and the sun was setting and it was this like big orange ball and it was sinking down over the sand dunes and I like immediately saw it as a painting, as an art journal page and like exactly how I was going to like collage it together on top of one another. Um, and I just, I feel like the when I go outside and I do things and I'm literally just sitting in the car, just looking outside, that's where I get creative ideas from. Yeah. I think too, that also is just like,
1: let's all look up from the screen more often. Mm-hmm. Because we think the screen is what holds inspiration. And it's so funny when I, I I often will challenge people to either quit social media or take a social media break. And people are always, one of the things I hear a lot is like, but I use Pinterest for inspiration. Um, And and I'm like, go outside, Mm -hmm. go outside. Because I promise if you go outside and you make yourself find 20 beautiful things in 20 minutes and you put your phone away or you turn it off or you put it on airplane mode and you will find those things you will, and you'll be surprised. And they're going to be different than what everybody else is looking at on Pinterest.
0: Exactly. Oh, and I, I rarely use Pinterest also. Okay. We'll say Pinterest is like my search engine, you know, like planning yeah. a baby shower, you know? Um, but I, you know, won't look at Pinterest for ideas. I will look at books. You know, I don't yeah. do um, eBooks for art books, design books, any book that has pictures in it. I have to have the physical book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it goes back to that attention idea of yeah. when I hold the book in my hand, all I can do is study that one picture over and over and over again. You know, I can't be distracted by Pinterest saying here are 47 more images you might like. Yeah. It makes all the difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everyone too, like go to the library. So one of my favorite things to do is whenever I go to the library to pick up books that I put on hold that are waiting for me is I also then go to the cookbook section. Um, and I just browse the cookbooks and, and for me, it's not like browse the library, but it's just a really, really fun kind of adventure where I'm like, what, what cookbooks do I need to bring home with me today? And, um, it always it always surprises me, and I always end up with new things coming into my life from just that one exercise.
0: oh gosh, I love everything about the library, and I love that example, and I tell people that all the time. Cookbooks are one of my favorite creative resources, especially just add to like bring it
1: full circle, right? if you're not this is where people are like, I, but I'm not creative enough Um, and I've heard that for so many people for so many years. So the cookbook challenge could be a really good one for everyone to try is like what I talked about where I can't cook a recipe straight out of the book. I bet y'all do that too. And so next time find a recipe and then think about like, how can I adapt this to either make it better or to apply what I already know about my preferences or about my style? How can I adapt it? And then adapt it and see how delicious it is. And like, that's, that's creativity.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. So that's your your How She Creates challenge for today is adapt something and share it with us on the How She Creates hashtag. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so Tiffany, what is new with you? What can we be looking out for you this this kind of end of summer, fall? Yeah, so
1: I am about to go into um the application period for my Raise Your Hand Say Yes Inner Circle, which is a year-long program. Um, it's going to the applications are going to open in September and we start in October. That is a year-long program really designed to help smart, ambitious women move forward on the things that they want to do um, while not having to compromise their sanity. So I'm planning a five day challenge in September that is all about helping y'all find your thing. Um, it's going to be a free five day challenge. So if you want to get more details on that, you can, um, probably the best thing to do would be follow me on Instagram. I'm over there at the Tiffany Han. And then you can also sign up for my newsletter at my website, which is
0: tiffanyhan.com. Um, and that way you will be able to stay in the know. Awesome. And we're gonna have links to everything, Tiffany, at Lauren Likes.com slash podcast. Um, everything will be there for you guys so that you can hook up with her and follow that. I have been in the inner circle. This is my second year doing it, and I absolutely love it. You guys, it is it's a game changer for you if mm-hmm. if it's something that you are interested in and you know, figuring out what it is that you want to do and then standing up and doing it. And that's what our whole conversation today has been about. It's just about being brave and being honest and being free in your work, whatever that is. Um, Tiffany, thank you so very much for sharing your wisdom. Always, always, always. And for being such a big influence for me. Um, I just love being able to know you and work with you. And I hope that people are really excited about um, this conversation and this work that you're doing. And I hope it motivates them to to get out there and raise their hand and say yes too yeah me too lauren thank you for having me you're such you're such a dream and i
1: really do if this y'all if this has encouraged you to go do something um post about it share it tag us let us see it let us help celebrate you because that's what this is all about
0: yes exactly thank you guys so much for listening uh we will see you next week for another episode of how she creates Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty, creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.